Good evening. You are listening to a Radiligen Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the Mandated Reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radilage. And our favorite show this evening is The Cuphead Show, brought to you by the good people at Netflix Animation, King Features Syndicate. It's a syndicate, yo. And Studio MDHR. And here to push me in the pool and take over like the NWO is Alexis Haina. How do you do, madam? Really, the NWO. That's what you're comparing me we to this time. We are taking over. glad to be here i've been so excited about this series coming out huge fan of the game when i first saw this announced i was excited then well over a year ago they dropped the first clip of wayne brady as king dice and i couldn't stop squeeing and i sent you the clip and i'm like okay it's put it on the schedule and you were like it hasn't even been announced when it's coming like i don't care it's on the schedule just yeah all of 2022 just cuphead show until like until i got a date so, all right, I understand this is based on a game, and I have never played the game. I didn't know what this was. It was li- you literally went, I want blah, blah, yakety schmacking, and I went blah, blah, yakety schmacking. He's on the schedule now. However, my son, my, my son, who I, his enthusiasm for this show and the game, and he's never played it either, but he's watched a whole, I guess, a whole bunch of Let's Plays for it. I oh, almost, yeah. There, I, uh, there's I, almost really made him, I almost made him host this. I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. You're in charge. You talk to Alexis. So, um, but no, yeah, I can do that to you. But yeah, this... he, he he told me all about the game. But I want to hear from you. Tell me about this game. So this game got a lot of word when it was first being developed because it was very it was coming from a very small company, Studio MDHR, which essentially is these two brothers in Canada. They. What they started this game from the ground up. This was not a major corporation game. It was very independent with one of the brothers who was a previous graphic designer actually hand drawing the animations and painting the backgrounds in watercolor and Photoshop. Hmm. I remember seeing well a long time before this game ever came out, seeing all of these news clips on geek boards about, you know, it's like, wow, keep an eye out when this comes out because it's going to be really cool. And I was very intrigued, not only because I love seeing independent games like this really come out and get their own, mm-hmm. but I'm being the animation guru that I am. I saw the homages to classic Fleischer style animation in this, and I was extremely intrigued. So when the game came out, yes, I really got into it. Was this like an Xbox PlayStation type deal? or mm-hmm. uh, it, it was download only for the longest time. But so like on on traditional gaming consoles not like on a yeah. like an app and on your phone or something oh no 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 no! i okay. think you could get it on pc but i think xbox was the most popular um download for it okay but i just could not get over how gorgeous this game was it's also a lot of fun and it's it's not easy this is actually an extremely hard game mm-hmm. <laughs> it is like rage inducing hard it's funny you mentioned that because i asked my son i was like do you want me to try to get you the game for your switch and he was like i honestly don't think if that would be a good idea it seems like it's really hard like, your son would throw his switch through the tv yeah okay thank you for the warning then that'll be a uh, off the list no but 
it, but the thing is that it's also very the platform itself is easy because it's most people when they play video games like it like legend of zelda and such there's a lot of going back and forth and there's puzzles and you gotta really figure mm-hmm. this out cuphead comes in two forms it's either run and gun which is get from point a to point b without dying are we or, talking like a side scroller or more yeah, of like a halo call of duty kind of a thing side scroller okay or it's a boss fight those are okay. literally the only two levels in the game you're either side scroller get from point a to point b or mm-hmm. kill this boss gotcha um and all of the characters are inspired from fleischer animation style very rubber hose and again it's so much fun it's stupid hard but it is so cool and it's so much fun and i love love looking at stuff from the game i love reading about it and i was really excited when the show got announced because like okay so you're taking this cart this game which has its roots in fleischer animation and now you're going to translate that so we're going to see a show that pays homage to fleischer animation that's going to be awesome okay so they did they made the show it came out on uh february February 18th 18th. Mm -hmm. and you um when we were talking before we went to air you're like hey i have a whole lot of notes here and things i need to talk about kind of informing my viewing of this because i really went in like tabula rosa it was like it's something she wants to watch i could watch it thank god it's y7 i can watch this with my kids and (laughs) I honestly, I'm curious to see what what all went through your head while you were watching this and what kind of things you wanted to talk about. Because for me, it was, you know, it's it's an adorable little show. It it has that that zany sensibility about it. But beyond that, I was like, huh, I'm going to struggle to find stuff to talk about here because it's it's okay. But I, for me, there was no wow factor. There was nothing I could really sink my teeth into. But for you, you were like, I have charts and diagrams, and <laughs> I have all kinds of things I need to talk about. So uh, the floor is yours, madam. What are we talking about here? I cannot get over how much I love how the animation in this show pays homage to classic 1920s rubber hose. And I'm mm-hmm. going to keep saying Fleischer animation, but for the record, there's several parts of this that I think also pay homage to early Disney and Warner Brothers. I mean, we actually have a segment in, I think it's the sixth episode that pays homage to the skeleton dance, mm-hmm. one of the earliest and most iconic of Disney shorts. I mean, there are multiple scenes that actually do it's supposed to look like what's called tabletop animation. Mm-hmm. What is what exactly? Tabletop animation was a technique that was primarily used again by Fleischer. And I think the number one cartoon that you can see this in is an old cartoon called Popeye the Sailor meets Sinbad the Sailor. I'm actually what the, vaguely aware of that. Mm-hmm. What they would do was they would construct a 3D background, mm-hmm. like claim, like out of clay and stuff, put it on its side, put a glass pane on top of it, and then put the cells of the animation on that glass pane. So it looked early when uh, King Dice goes to meet the devil and when they're in the uh, graveyard and even Cuphead and Mugman's house. They're designed to look like they're 3D in this 2D world, and it looks so cool, and it's such a great homage to that. I really hope that if not the game, then this ep- this series will inspire more interest in classic animation to learn these kind of techniques. Because this is kind of stuff that is really lost to time. It's not something we think about anymore. And it's so cool. Okay. 
Um, what were your expectations for this show when they announced it and you saw some clips? What were you hoping it would be? I knew that they were going to stay away from the straight plot of the game. I mean, again, it's boss fights and run and gun. You can't mm-hmm. really translate that to a series. I will admit, I was hoping to get more of uh, the Devil and King dice than we did. I know okay. a lot of people are a little disappointed that we didn't get more of Miss Chalice. She has uh, been confirmed as a playable character for the DLC, the downloadable content that's coming out uh, that was just announced. Uh, she only appears in one episode. Right. But very much to the chagrin of both my kids who were like especially my daughter my daughter's big complaints not enough miss chalice and no mermaid like she was like flipped the table angry that there was no mermaid character in this well the other thing is that they've announced that there's actually like 33 episodes they're gonna do 11 show increments uh in different times so we're gonna Mm -hmm. get another 11 episodes in the near future i don't know when they haven't announced it hopefully I, if I had to guess, I would say before the uh, beginning of the fall, we'll probably get it. I mean, if if everything's done and they're just trying to wait time, I, what was it? He-Man, they did in July, and then um, they did the next set in, what, November, I think it was? Something like that. Yeah, so figure four or five months apart. Something, yeah. So I know what's gonna we're gonna get that, and I know we're gonna get more of the villains from the games. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the mermaid, uh, Cal, it, it's either Calamari or Calamari. It's that's obviously the joke. Yeah, and she does appear in the opening credits, and I know that we're gonna get more villains because aside from uh, King Dice and the Devil, the only two get other characters from the game, uh, the villains are Ribby and Croaks, the frogs. Mm-hmm who I'm just going to say, I think was one of the weaker episodes. <laughs> My son was so funny about that. He, because every time something from the game appeared, he would get up and be like, and now let me explain who these people are. And I'm like, I'm watching this with one eye and the other eye is focused on trying to get Blue Cross Blue Shield to pay my x-ray bill from last year. Like, (laughs) he was, that's what I mean. My kids were totally into this. They thought it was fantastic. And I had to hear about every element of this show that they could uh, remember from the game that they saw. And meanwhile, and I'm like utterly, this is one of those old man moments for me where I'm utterly lost at what I'm watching. Like, okay, it's fine. (laughs) And also the root pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, were from the game. They, I, th- I could be wrong. I think they were one of the first bosses, actually, that you face. Okay, who are the root pack again? Uh, the the walking, talking vegetables. Oh yeah, I was having serious pinky in the brain vibes from that. <laughs> <laughs> I... Brain acres is where we belong. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do, carrot. Um, the uh, <laughs> the the zombie eggplant, I think it was, uh, where um he animates a whole bunch of eggplants and they go and attack people in the grocery store and, the and they get run <laughs> over by the grocery cart. Like <laughs> steps on them, <laughs> so good. That yeah, I was totally thinking about that during that episode. Yeah, no, and I really like how they brought them up because again, it's a boss fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the potato hurls dirt clods and X-ray or not X-rays. Um earthworms at you mm-hmm. and the onion cries and you have to avoid the droplets from his tears and the carrot actually summons floating carrots and has it, it's a joke because he has a third eye that he shoots rays out of that's why i was thinking x-rays mm-hmm. because carrots are good for your eyes but obviously that's not going to work for the series so i like what they did with that and again it's a classic setup it's like hey i trust you i shouldn't have trusted you <laughs> i think 
the favorite episodes of mine are definitely with King Dice. I have watched that clip of Cuphead going on Roll the Dice mm-hmm. so many times. It makes me laugh every time. I'm a huge Wayne Brady fan. Been a huge fan of him ever since he was on Whose Line Is It Anyway? When I heard he was doing the role, I was ecstatic. I really thought he captured, especially since King Dice in the games is very heavily based on Cab Calloway. Okay. Um his style and movement is very inspired by Minnie the Moocher. Mm-hmm. So the idea of, I was like, oh my God, yes, Brady's going to get this totally. And he's so suave and so slimy. And <laughs> the episode's just so funny that he, the cuphead has no idea how badly he's losing. And then dice is figuratively pulling his hair out, trying <laughs> to get him to win. <laughs> So the first episode um, kind of sets the tone for the rest of the show. It, they, I'm not going to read the whole plot synopsis, but the the sum the sum of total of this is there's a devil who collects souls, and he set up a carnival game in order to do that. Uh, the car they end up busting the carnival game and setting the souls free, but the the devil is uh, now on a mission to get Cuphead's soul, and that comes back around through several episodes, especially towards the end of uh, part season one, I guess we're going to call it. And one of the things that my son mentioned to me is that over the course of these episodes, he wished there was more interaction with the devil. Like he, he wanted, he wanted them to come back to that more often. And I wanted to get your opinion about that. One, what did you think of the first episode? And, you know, did the stuff with the devil uh, come out of the game, that sort of thing? Like how, how much of this, how much of the plot of these episodes was dependent on the game and how much of it was, an invention of the writers well the main plot of the game actually does revolve around the devil Mm -hmm. the opening prologue to the game is that cuphead and mugman end up on the wrong side of the tracks one day and wander into the devil's casino (laughs) they ended up in detroit what do you mean by the wrong side of the tracks it's literally the line from the game they (laughs) actually end up on the wrong side of the track it's a cliche line that gets the point across you know i i I got it (laughs) oh god we're, we're in that dark alley i once wandered into in new orleans so they're on a winning streak and then the devil shows up and says how about one more round if you win you get all the loot in my casino but if mm-hmm. i win i get your souls and cuphead is too blinded by richie goes hell yeah throws the dice and they lose right so cuphead and mugman are about to lose their souls to the devil and they say oh please please there must be something else we can, can do I ask a question do they get into a fiddle battle with him no no, all right. No fiddle battle. Oh, no, the devil says, all right, I'll make you a deal. I've got all these outstanding contracts for people's souls. Mm-hmm. Go collect them and I will you spare your, you. you and that's to me. And that's the boss fights. The okay. bosses are all the people who also owe the... There is a lot of people in Equal Isle who, so, who lost their souls to the <laughs> devil. It tends and, to happen. And so that's the boss fights is them okay. going to fight these guys. So they change that to a carnival... But yes, the devil is the main antagonist of the games. Okay. So it does work. They change, like I said, they change it around so they're not fighting for the devil. Now the devil is on this mission to get Cuphead's soul because Cuphead played the game and lost. Mm-hmm. And I do love that how he's just winning until Mugman accidentally screws him <laughs> up. Um, so it's a funny first episode. I gotta be. I didn't start really paying that close attention until the second episode. So the, some of the stuff with the devil was a little lost on me, and I had to go back and read about it. But as far as 
as far as like the animation style and everything, yeah, I know you you keep saying Fleischer. Um, obviously, you're not wrong, but it also I think had a very Tex Avery aesthetic to it. You know, there's no there's no rules, there's no physics. It's whatever we can do as a gag. It's it's plot motivated. You know, they are they they there's definitely a and these are I think 15 minute shorts at best. Um, everything is moved forward by a desire to get from point A to point B. It's not sort of it's not more traditional like Looney Tunes type shorts where um it's just you know seven minutes of of gags and antagon and characters antagonizing one another like there is a story in each one of these mm. um which kept me interested uh because again I wasn't sure what kind of format this was going to be you know and it's every episode they get into some sort of misadventure and have to fix it though there is one and it kind of reminded me of I think this is the next one with the baby it kind of reminded me of those Roger Rabbit shorts we did when we, uh, I, I can't remember, I guess it was one of the Looney Tunes shows mm-hmm. where at the end of it, we went and we did some Roger Rabbit stuff where um, that one was a collection of gags. And that's episode Pretty two. Much. I'm not going to lie. Ba- the baby bottle was featured heavily in the advertising. And mm-hmm. I was kind of worried at first that they had added him as a new character through the whole series. Mm-hmm. And we were going to get multiple episodes of, oh, we got to deal with baby. So I'm kind of <laughs> glad that he was just in one episode. Yeah. And it is a very classic setup. Someone shows, you know, it's like, oh, we got to watch the baby. Oh, what do you know? The baby is from hell. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I was thinking about that. You know, we had the conversation about Uncharted where, you know, it seems like people watch old movies and they think they can write ones just as good, if not better, and they miss the point of those movies. And I'm watching that and all I can think about is Easter eggs. But what cracked me up about Easter eggs was the, was like this hillbilly child you know, who was clearly neglected, who had a gun on him. That's all hilarious crap to me. Like there was a... I want an Easter egg. I want an Easter egg. I want an Easter egg. It's very popular around my house around Easter. Um... And, I share it on Facebook every Easter. Yeah. Um, whereas, and this is going to sound like a, it's a, it's a quibble. It's something to talk about because we're, we're, we're spending an hour talking about this, but it, it occurred to me, like, I don't know why this baby is so bad. It's adorable. <laughs> like, it, it, it's like, it's, it, it's like they, someone saw the old episodes, the old shorts of an, of, of a baby, you know, like Cicero uh, most recently from the new Looney Tunes cartoons where we don't know why Cicero is the way he is either. He just is, and he's utterly destructive. And so it was a lot of that same thing. What sells it in this episode is one, Mugman and, and uh, Cuphead's reaction to it. They have some really funny reactions, wild takes and whatnot. But mm-hmm. also, the baby's expression never changes. He couldn't be happier to just b- destroy something. And it's always, it's always that one tooth out, kind of a high half cock grin. He's like, ha you know, and, you know, stunts a piano on your head or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. When he throws the dresser at them, I died laughing. It was just like, okay, that was random. Yeah. It definitely felt like like in a writer's room. They were like, how can we take the trope of the destructive baby and make it even funnier? And it was like, just up the gags. Make 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 the gags utterly absurd and more even more destructive is the only thing I've got there. Totally. To the point that when Elder Kettle's helping them try to get rid of the baby, he's got an axe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think I actually blurted out, well, this got dark in a hurry. My, <laughs> my kids are crying. They were laughing so hard. <laughs> no, that was really good. And I, I do agree with your son. I do kind of wish we'd gotten more of the devil. I, I said before, I really do want more of King Dice. Um you know, I probably could have taken more of uh, Miss Chalice, but 
again, I think they're setting up for more. They don't want to do too much at the beginning. And yeah, not every episode is going to revolve around that. So they experimented with what they got. We had a couple of episodes with other villains, like I said, the Root Pack and Rivian Croaks. And we had a couple of episodes that were just, well, I don't want to call them slice of life, but it was just the cups and Elder Kettle at home. Mm-hmm. And a little zaniness ensues. Like you have a fairly simple episode near the end where the boys are mourning the death of their earth pet earthworm, mm-hmm. but Elder Kettle hears them talking and he thinks he's they're talking about getting rid of him. Oh my god, that that episode broke my heart. I'm like, this poor man. <laughs> and that's the thing I, I wanted to touch on real quick is obviously they wrote it with with a lot of care towards people who played the games, mm-hmm. but you. But as I talk about with any adaptation, if you're too niche, if you're too much for the fans, you're gonna you're not gonna build any kind of a general audience who's not gonna exactly. have any patience. You're gonna lose you lose people like me. Now I didn't necessarily need my kids to explain to me, you know, every detail of everything that was happening. I, it, this was simple enough I could follow it. But um, I think remembering there are gonna be people like me who might give this a chance and watch. It can't be too in the weeds. You know, or the stuff that you're doing exactly. with the game can't be so far out that, like, I don't know what I don't know what any of this means. What do you think of the Ruby and Croak episode? And were you happy with their translation from the game to the cartoon? I thought the Ruby and Croak episode was one of the weaker ones, just because I thought some of the humor was a little eh. Mm-hmm. I get the point of the joke, but the way the Cuphead and Mugman keep fighting amongst themselves throughout the whole thing got a little old. The Ruby and Croak song was probably the worst song in the whole series which also does go back they act um the game had some really great music uh used for it they actually got a jazz composer to come in and do a lot of music the music alexis hana of honeysuckle rose creations is fantastic in this and i'm wondering if there's a soundtrack available so that you can go back and hear the great music that they include in this cartoon if not, I'm pretty sure there's a place where you can get the music from the game. That is true. And that is Amazon Music Unlimited. Um, <laughs> Better transla- tra- transition than usual. Yes, that was seamless. You also saw me blinking at you in Morse code. Hey, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm do- I'm doing a read here. Um, but, all, but in all seriousness, folks, as we talk about this rubber hose people game, uh, we're doing a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service which is available at the link in the description of this podcast at getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network. Again, it's getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network for your free 30-day trial of Amazon Music Unlimited. There's over 70 million songs, including the wonderful pieces of jazz used for this cartoon. And obviously, as she said, uh, music from the game that's available and many other uh, soundtracks, bands, anything else you could think to listen to. I mean, there's something for everybody on Amazon. So go ahead and click that link. Get your free 30 days. So if you like it, you keep it. You pay the monthly fee. If not, you uh, you can cancel at any time. No fuss, no must, no contracts. All right. Um, moving on to mm-hmm. episode four here. Handle with care. Uh, I don't remember this one. Um, this is the one where oh, Bugman's handle breaks off. Yeah, I love this episode. This is great. This this was because <laughs> it was one of those like <laughs> one of those really concrete things about me at times where I'm just like. I don't understand why they're cups. Why do they have to be cups? Like, just accept that they're cups, okay? That's what they went with. It could have been anything. They chose cups. I get it. But, you know, there's very much me like, well, if they're cups, certainly do stuff about it. And one of the things I really like about this show, and this is an episode that 
uh, definitely uh, wades into all of that is making use of the fact that they are cups. Mm -hmm. It's not just a funny animation design. There are times where they actually like drink themselves or they, you know, or like you see the milk in the cup, like spill out a little bit. Yeah. Things like that. And then here they talk about their handles breaking. And because, and if I remember correctly, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, Elder Kettle is, you know, is just telling them, oh, everyone's handle breaks off. And it's a basically, it's like a metaphor for puberty. I died. I was like, this is fantastic. What a great use of this animation style and a fun thing to do for a plot for 15 minutes. I thought this was great. I do like that they actually use it. You have repeated shots of them picking, grabbing each other or mm -hmm. someone picking them up by their handles. Uh, oh my God, in the baby episode, you have a moment mm -hmm. where he breaks the gold, the baby breaks the goldfish bowl and Mug or Cuphead actually puts the goldfish <laughs> in his head. Right. And we never see that fish again. <laughs> <laughs> it was good stuff. I, I'm glad that like they don't create this world where you know you have walking, talking plates and dishes and teacups and whatnot, and then do nothing with it. Like they absolutely leaned into that, which I think is a, a effective storytelling. Absolutely. No, that was really good. And oh god, the scene where Mugman is walking down the street dressed as a bride because he can't think of any other way <laughs> to hide that his handle is gone then to wear a veil uh I, I do also like their interactions with pork rind who was a character in the game uh mm -hmm. he wasn't a playable he was an npc but he was who you went to to get upgrades for uh uh, uh your was... weapons and stuff he was okay. the he was the merchant yeah so i do like either. that they yeah, so I, I'm glad that they gave him a much more uh, larger role. I love the episode where it clear, it's clear that he deals with black market. Um, <laughs> oh, that character, the big the big pig guy. Yeah, that's and, pork and, rind. Right. Okay, and then he like sends them on a quest, and and and, they, and it was just to get them out of the store, and then they come, they actually like come back with a big egg or something. Yeah, and he's like, I didn't want you to go to the. It's like they're like, you sent us to Mount Eruptus. No, I sent you to Mount Eruptus cleaners, and he. Oh my god! And then yeah, the whole thing with the three-headed dragon, who was also a boss mm -hmm. in the game. Oh, and oh, it just actually floored me when the egg hatches a cute little three ba three-headed baby dragon and goes, "Aw, I know what I'm having for dinner." I was just like, "Whoa, not the line I thought they were going with." Yeah, this one, and and, and it, I think it does deserve a little bit of time to talk about this. They clearly kept in mind that that children are going to watch this. They obviously got a Y seven rating for a reason, but boy. This takes me back to like the old school Bugs Bunny and uh, Warner Brothers Looney Tunes cartoons of where there is something there for the adults. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it, it's general audience, but they're not pandering to children in any way, shape or form. Like this is clearly a juvenile show, but they know adults are going to be watching because adults played the game and they're not afraid to. <laughs> I'm going to go with I'm going to say the phrase, but it hurts my soul to do it. They're not afraid to go there uh for the purposes of entertaining the adults who they know are watching and so it really is the best kind of general audience show for that in that way it's actually interesting that you bring that up because when we talked about the looney tunes shorts the new looney tunes cartoons on mm -hmm. hbo max one of the things we talked about was how they are obviously using a very rubber hose bob clampett in, uh, inspired style but it gets a little out of control sometimes there's a lot of episodes we talk about how we felt that they needed to rein in and control the animation a bit more mm -hmm. i feel that cuphead actually 
controls that animation better yeah. obviously it's inspired by the same kind of work we have multiple characters that have the same very similar style to what we see in the looney tunes shorts it, with the it, bulbous noses and yeah. stuff it feels very restrained but in a good way like these are the parameters we set up these are the rules in which this world operates and we're going to play in that world as opposed to sort of the amorphous blob that looney tunes tends to be at times where mm -hmm. it's all over the place and you're not you know I, I've talked about this with anime where I, I hate the transition in, in artistic styles. You know, it's it's one way here and then we do the close up and it's another way there. I would hate that with Ren and Stimpy too. Oh, uh, yeah. Ugh, I, that drove me nuts. Yeah, so I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually think Cuphead has better animation than the new Looney Tunes cartoons. No, I would absolutely agree with you. It's definitely it's definitely richer and more dynamic, I think, than Looney Tunes. Yeah, but like I said, I feel that they have a stronger aesthetic and they stay with the aesthetic. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel as experimental yeah. as Looney Tunes does, which I'm not going to lie. For something as iconic as the Looney Tunes shorts, you don't want it to be that experimental. You want to have it a little bit more under control. Right. Episode five is Roll the Dice. Uh, I don't remember this one. Tell me about this one. What did you think of it? With, it's the one that... Uh, Cuphead is on the show with King Dice. That's my favorite episode. We'll talk about it. Like I said, I don't know why, but I love it when villains who are always in control just completely start to lose control and are having the hardest time maintaining their cool. That's a trope mm -hmm. that always makes me laugh. And yeah, the fact that, you know, he puts Cuphead on the show to get his soul for the devil and he gives him Twinkle Twinkle Little Stars, a song he's got to guess. And even that cuphead gets wrong. Oh, that's, I was going to say that's a throwback to the xylophone bit from Looney Tunes. Where they rig the xylophone to blow when you go da 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 and they hear and bugs oh those endearing time. young charms yeah yeah and then he always hits the wrong note and you know and it's finally yeah, the got, villain is just like no like this dun 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 boom yeah every classic trope time yeah this is a throwback to that which now that I say that out loud and we've probably said it already but I'll, I'll repeat it again clearly the writers of this show have watched a cartoon or two in their time oh sure. And a lot of that informs it here, but this is not this is not coming across like a blatant um a blatant homage or a you know or just plain old ripoff of classic mm -hmm. cartoon tropes, whereas they're informing the things, but they're playing with them in a way that's that's fresh and inventive. Like I said, I I got that it was the xylophone thing, but that's not readily apparent in the show. Exactly. And yeah, Cuphead and D King Dice's interactions are so funny. Again, mm -hmm. you can tell that King Dice has never had a problem. The show is disgustingly easy as a method for the <laughs> devil to get souls. Not me. But no one artist. gets that. Yeah. Huh? I'm yeah. sorry. I just, it, now I, I'm, I'm on a Daffy Duck thing and I'm just, I just want to yell out, not me, you slop artist. <laughs> <laughs> But again, it's so funny because this is obviously the first time that Dice has had to deal with a contestant who mm -hmm. just is not working out. And he's like, I've made it so easy for you. Why are why is this still failing? Right. Again, I love that trope. How could you be this dense? Yeah. God. Even just little bits like uh, he calls a helpline from Mugman and Mugman freezes and King Dice goes, well, it appears that your helpline is frozen in terror. Just when he <laughs> says that line just floors me. All right. Episode six, Ghosts Ain't Real. Uh, after watching a zombie movie, Cuphead and Mugman decide to take a shortcut through a cemetery. 
Um, yeah, this is what you were talking about before with uh, the Ode to the Dancing Skeleton and all of that. What did you think of this one? Again, this was a, bri- a beautiful episode because it's got homages to some really classic cartoons. We talked about the tabletop animation, which I think is really on full display here. You get the scene mm-hmm. of them walking through the graveyard. All of the graves are 3D, <coughs> but not like cgi 3d they're made to look like they're claymation my son's reaction to this was pretty hysterical to me he was like why is it every time we watch a cartoon show it devolves into horror you know into horror he didn't say tropes but that's what he meant he's like why does this always devolve into horror tropes i'm like i don't know man (laughs) apparently people watch horror movies also watch classic cartoons yeah yes (laughs) pretty much (laughs) there they are in the venn diagram yeah pretty much (laughs) there's me right in the center but now i love the song i love the design of the ghost um I love, like I said, we got a bit that pays homage to the skeleton dance with them dancing to the uh, Latin music. Uh, There's a bit that pays homage to another classic Fleischer short called Swing You Sinners when the uh, gravestones come alive. Mm -hmm. And just the little, even the little bit at the end, which this actually I thought was very creative when they're in that one house and the ghost keeps showing them doors to open. And every Mm -hmm. time they open it, there's something even worse behind it. I thought that was very creative. And I I'm not going to lie. I've seen it where it's like, yeah, every door leads to something worse, but I've never seen it where the ghosts hold the doors. I'm like, here, open this one. I have never seen that before. Even even again, I love the little bit of dialogue when they're running out. No, no, no more doors. (laughs) Again, just that, that line kills me. It's so funny. Uh, we talked about the root pack one already, and I've been waiting until we got to it to talk about these next two episodes because I really enjoyed this storyline with the sweater. Uh, so Mugman makes uh, Cophead a sweater that blocks the devil from taking his soul. It is an idiotic premise, but it's it works. It's great. You know, it's it's one of those things where they're they're not afraid to come up with something idiotic and just play with it and have fun. And as long as they're consistent, it, it's fine. It works. And so here, what it leads to is because the devil doesn't necessarily present himself as an idiot as such, but. He keeps going after Cupman's soul and electrocuting himself every single time. And he comes up with different, and he's coming up with the whole gag of this is that he keeps coming up with different ways to get him to take his sweater off, and they fail every single time. And he's just frustrated. And there's a, there's, for lack of a better phrase, there's dramatic tension in that there was another character that was like, hey, we're, we're oh, it was the accountant character, Stickler. Which, yeah, which was like right, right out of that one character from Soul. You know, it's just like, hey, hey, the ledges aren't matching up here. And somehow this is the most important thing ever. And they need to get it done. So he's under pressure to get this soul. And he keeps hurting himself along the way. I died. I thought this was fantastic. Absolutely. It's an interesting idea because the sweater is made of invisible yarn. So it's an invisible sweater. And I know a lot of animators would have the sweater show up every now and then as kind of like a dotted line or something or mm-hmm. very, like an opalescent kind of effect. They never do that. The sweater is always invisible. So you have an animated character miming. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not something that a lot of animators do, but I think it works to this style. To have mm-hmm. them do that instead of having it occasionally show up. And I do like the creativity that the devil does about trying to get them to take the sweater off to the point that he knows that Cuphead loves hot dogs mm-hmm. and he tries to sell or give him a free hot dog and the hot dog actually has writing on it. It's like one bite will unleash a month of sweater eating moths. <laughs> so I was like, that's 
actually really creative <laughs> and so yeah i love it and yes just how he constantly shows like give me the sweater shock give me the sweater shock <laughs> um all right so we got three more left here dangerous Mugman, cuphead and Mugman burst into pork rind shop to play a dirk dangerous pinball game annoyed by the noise pork rind convinces him to get a pat oh okay we talked about this already yeah. um so we'll move on to the next one dirt nap elder kettle okay we talked about that one too yeah i, I was just i, I want to talk about it a little bit more you know again what I like about the writing of this show is that they're not afraid to deal with some adult-ish themes, but deal with them in a, in a juvenile enough way that the kids get it, everyone gets it. It's not necessarily stupid, mm-hmm. but you know they 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 remember what they are, and they're like, how can we take something that's serious? You know, you know, an old man who feels like his children doesn't love him and want to put him in a home, and deal with that in a way, you know, and deal with that in this format so that it's still funny, mm-hmm. and it, and and. Whether this was the intention or not, I actually felt bad for uh, Elder Kettle. I legitimately was like, "Oh, this is all this." Like, I'm. It was. I was more invested in this episode than I was in the previous ones, where it's just you know zany happenings because there was an actual thing they're dealing with that's emotional. Um, and so, I know for a lot of people that maybe that might not have been their favorite episode, but it was for me. I, I actually like. Oh, there's something here. There's actually something for me that's beyond just a a visual experience of you know, stuff blowing up and pianos falling on people's heads. So I really liked it. It was very cute. Again, it's a classic trope, the misunderstanding, Mm -hmm. but it's still well done. Elder Kettle was not a playable character in the game either. He showed up occasionally to give a little advice Mm -hmm. uh, to the cups. So I do like how they've uh, built up his character for this. Thought it was really funny. I, he I mean, has, I, he has a great line in the root down episode where you know because you think like he's just caring for these vegetables because he's a kindly old man. He's like, nope, we're making stew. And all the vegetables are like, oh no, and run off. I love his Fantastic. bit in this in the baby episode where he comes back and he it was like door off his hinges, piano on fire, glass on the floor, dresser thrown through the wall, more fire. Yeah, boys will be boys. Perfect. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right, wake me up when there's a real problem. All right, and then this last one here, and then we will uh, start to get out of here. In Charm's Way. Oh, yeah. So my daughter, big surprise, loved this episode because Miss Chalice was there. So Miss Chalice reminded me, I don't know how much Family Guy you watch, but she reminded me of the uh, one of Stewie's girlfriend's uh, character, uh, the little blonde actress, can't remember her name to save my life olivia oh yeah olivia she reminded me of the olivia character um similar I see that. similar characterizations what'd you think of this episode i was kind of surprised that we only got miss chalice for one episode but again i have to keep reminding myself we're going to get more episodes and hopefully we will get more of miss chalice in the mm-hmm. uh, second increment what is she in the game Okay, this is where things are kind of weird. So there is a character in the game called the uh, called Miss Chalice, mm-hmm. but she's not playable. She's a ghost. She's like an angel. She looks like an angel. She's got a halo above her head. Mm-hmm. And there's three levels where she has gone into a crypt, a mausoleum, to apparently look for an extra superpower to help the mug, the cups. Mm-hmm. And she gets trapped, and you have to stop all of these uh, ghosts okay from getting to her and when she's saved she will give you a new superpower and it happens this happens three times um throughout 
but they confirmed in the downloadable content that's coming out that she's going to be a new playable character but we haven't seen her played yet and it's very interesting when she turns into the ghost at the end so it's like wait so you're saying that the miss chalice from the downloadable content was the same ghostly miss chalice from the first one and is this going to be a new a uh, uh, um, power a superpower that she has mm-hmm Again, it's not, it hasn't been uh, answered yet. It leaves a lot of questions, and I'm very intrigued to see how they go with it, uh, both in the new uh, downloadable content and with uh, the next increment of episodes. Well, I'll tell you what, Alexis. I very much enjoyed this. I enjoyed the experience of watching it with my kids. We had a fun conversation. Uh, the writing is pretty pretty good, but no, you know, nothing is perfect. It can always be better. Even you know, when we talk Oscar baits, we thought, hey. You know, the writing here could be shaped up a little bit better. And do you know of a product that helps you with your writing? Like when you're sitting there at your computer and you're making your Scrabble tiles and your Monopoly earrings and whatnot, and you have to write descriptions. You have to write descriptions, Alexis, to tell the people what these things are so they want to buy them and put them on their faces and stuff. And do you know what kind of product would help you write descriptions better and more effective to make those sales? Why don't you tell them so I can have a drink? Fantastic. Those products that we are referring to are Grammarly. For you listeners of TV Party Tonight, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. Well, I think we got it, but in case we don't, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we close for the evening? I think I've said everything I need to say. Again, I warned you I was going to come in with my uh, soapbox and my lectern. <laughs> okay. And uh, again, this you didn't this bang a, a shoe. I'm very disappointed. I didn't what? You bang a shoe. You, have you not heard of the infamous Khrushchev at the at the UN where he's banging a shoe on the table, screaming, oh. he's going to bury the United States without firing a single shot? Right. Yeah. Yes. So now, when well, I, whenever whenever somebody is uh, angrily animated, I go right to Khrushchev banging a shoe. Well. I'm not wearing shoes right now, but I'll make sure to bring them next time. Actually, no, I'm sitting at a glass table. I bang a shoe. I'm probably going to break this thing. Well, you're also not particularly angry about this as near as I can tell. The impression, the, and first, the impression I thought was like you didn't like this or it, it didn't do what you wanted it to. But it sounds like after talking to you for 40 minutes that you that it absolutely lived up to expectations. It did I, very okay. much. I really, really like this. There's several episodes that I've watched multiple times over. Mm-hmm. I wa- uh, I've got clips of the Devil's Song, uh, Cuphead's interaction with Dink- King Dice, and the Ghosts on YouTube, and I've been I've got I've been rewatching them. I just mm-hmm. love those little bits of the of the show. All right, I'm gonna, I, 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 I highly I wanna, recommend this. I know what I want to ask you, and this is where uh, your real life and um, professional expertise actually come into play. Do you think you will see a lot of Cuphead esque stuff show up in the cons this year? kind of hard to tell i've seen a couple of cuphead cosplays in the past Mm -hmm. the problem is because of the style they're very hard to mimic Mm -hmm. i think the number one cosplay i've actually seen from the show was calamari just because it's a mermaid so it's probably the easiest to uh Mm -hmm. to do is the game still actively played are people still into it oh sure 
definitely. And again, now that we got DLC coming out, I know it's going to get popular again. So I'm not sure if we're going to see a lot of cosplays or not, just because, again, this is a very hard style to translate Mm -hmm. into that sort of thing. But I would welcome it. I'd love to see the creativity uh, that goes into something like that. Is it worth making um, jewelry for? Possibly. I'm trying to. I'm thinking about what I want to do. I don't want to just put pictures of Cuphead Mugman on my earrings. Obviously, I've never mm-hmm. done something like that. I always want to do something. My my personal statement is: if I can't come up with a new way to do it that someone else hasn't done, I'm not doing it. Sure. And I'm struggling right now to think of how I can use Cuphead Mugman, especially from the series and really do something that hasn't been done yet mm-hmm. so you it's know you don't have like molds or stuff you can make actually you can make like one cuphead earring and one Mugman earring as a pair oh pff, you have no idea how many polymer clay earring sets i've seen of that oh have you okay people oh, yeah. someone already beat you to it got it all right mm-hmm. well i'm sure you'll come up with something uh for honeysuckle rose creations the uh where where uh fandom meets geeks and sheiks um <laughs> i say it every show and you don't have it memorized i'm old and feeble and i don't remember things anymore i know old man the mounds and you don't want them painted god damn right um all right so that wraps up our show here for cuphead season one we will be back for the remaining two seasons whenever they get announced in the meantime in between time um alexis will actually be back we did so uh, we've been joking about this all week, but, you know, uh, I try to space everyone's stuff out over the course of the month. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And for the month of February, Alexis had nothing except this week. I piled four shows into one week. Uh, and then it's just the way it was. So she'll be back later tonight. She'll be with the protocol son, Jason Teasley, who joined us briefly earlier. He likes to check in on my shows while he's working at home. And uh, we will be talking the best written show I have seen in quite some time uh it is leagues above anything marvel did in the year of our lord 2021 um it is it is leagues doesn't even begin to describe how much better is than anything i've seen from star wars of late peacemaker is flipping awesome and and i'm not just saying that because of the you know because of the you know graphic nudity and sex and cursing it actually is a very well written show though those are a few of my favorite things let's so, just bow down to james gunn right now yeah when when james gunn when they when they take the handcuffs off of him and they you know say go make go go make your heart's desire he really does come up with some fun stuff mm-hmm. absolutely i am looking forward to talking about that show tonight <laughs> yeah so the three of us will talk about it at 10 o'clock tonight for those of you that want to listen live and it'll be up later on YouTube and in any podcatcher that you find. In the meantime, um, speaking again of stuff we did with Alexis this week, we did the book of Boba Fett. We spent an hour talking about that. That was her and myself and Andrew Graham. She was on the Damn You Hollywood for Uncharted. She had a break yesterday. Um, me and Pat Mullen talked had a break some... yesterday and it was sent over to another podcast network. <laughs> Your husband must be ready to. <laughs> <laughs> like get get a hobby or something ships in a bottle go to a bar oh, or something he's actually fine now that i've moved my camera over because i because before it was a case of whenever i recorded he couldn't walk behind me because he didn't want to be on camera so now it's like okay i'm over in the corner you're not going to be on camera it's like okay do whatever you want gotcha <laughs> uh pat and i spent two hours talking about the end of the monday night war uh, and the environment in which WrestleMania 17 existed. So, so that's why it, that one show t- it was a two-hour conversation because we had to do an, a, so- a single solitary hour on the death of pro wrestling outside of WWE in 2020 and 2021. 
I'm sorry, uh, 2000 and 2001. Uh, and then in the evening, myself and Robert Cooper and Jesse Starcher reviewed the best album of this year. For those of you who are into heavy metal, uh, this truly is just a rich, wonderful, well-orchestrated uh, heavy metal album. Amorphous from Finland. They put out Halo. All the nerds agree. It's it's just the best. It's, it's the best thing we've reviewed so far in terms of pure musicianship. So we talked about that last night. Big uh, announcement on that, actually. We've been trying to figure out how we can do on-camera stuff for the Metal Hammer of Doom without getting in the weeds on it. We're going to go back to doing the Metal Hammer of Doom extras, which are just going to be a quick five to ten minute reaction to a music video of a band we're doing a review for. So we're going to start that up uh, next week with House of Pain, which we're doing for St. Patrick's Day, and we'll probably end up doing Jump Around or something like that. We'll see what happens. I'll, I'll figure out which video I want to do. But yes, every week that we do a Metal Hammer of Doom, we're going to do an on-video Metal Hammer of Doom video reaction. So I'm looking forward to that. The, the Metal Hammer of Doom extras that Jesse and I did were hilarious. Especially, God, some of them, I still, every time I think about, every time I think about them, I cry laughing. The, the one we did for uh, Heaven Shall Burn, that was like, it was like an African student film. I couldn't breathe. We were laughing so hard. It was so. <laughs> I know you're not a big metal fan, but if you can, but if you've seen us, put the link up. Go watch watch the video. The video by itself is worth it. It's so funny. Um. Anyway, moving on. Uh. And then this was a rescheduled show. Uh, we were supposed to do it Sunday, but I lost power. Something in the neighborhood went down, and it took twelve hours then to get it back up again. And by that point, I was done. I didn't feel like recording anymore. So last night, myself and Jason Teasley continued our celebration of black cinema by looking at three Spike Lee movies, Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, and his remake of the Korean film Old Boy. Um, I still love how you were reacting about it. It's like, this is an unpleasant movie. I'm like, it's supposed to be unpleasant. It's I Old Boy. I don't know what the fuck Old Boy is. I didn't know what it was when I went before I watched it. He was like, we're, he was like watch Old Boy. And I'm like, yes, master. I had I literally had no clue what this was. And so like that, I said, be thankful you didn't have to watch the octopus scene from the original. <laughs> Yeah, you've heard, I, tell me you've heard about that no no that that that's why when you wrote that i was like i don't know what you're getting on my case for i don't know what this is all jason told me was i don't want to do bamboozled let me pick one <laughs> which i'm which i'm mad about by the way because bamboozled is awesome have you ever seen it no i haven't no in oh. the original old boy the in the korean one mm -hmm. um he eats a live octopus that's what I've been told since that conversation took place. Um, yeah, it's okay. yeah, and it, I, I hate to say it's like I'm not like the big animal rights nut activist, mm -hmm. but watching the octopus try to get out of the dude's mouth is pretty fucked up. I'll take your word for it. Anyway, yes, I watched Old Boy for the very first time. I didn't know anything about it going into it. I just knew Spike Lee directed it, which was the assignment. Um, we talked about that last night. We we spent 40 minutes on Do the Right Thing. I could have done another hour on it. I love talking about that movie. Um, things I also love talking about, we had, we're going to have a re-air of our Everyone Loves a Bad Guy for The Wire from a few years ago. It's not eight hours, I promise. I was going to say, Mark Rattledge talking about The Wire. Hope you got a pillow. <laughs> Bring a sack lunch. Uh, we also <laughs> did a uh, re-air for the last Allegiant album that came out. Just in time from the new one, the prior was Apoptosis. The new one is Damnum or Gitem Jitem. Um, and then we then we kick off Batman week. We got an Everyone Loves a Bad Guy for uh, Batman coming up on Saturday. Um, and then we also have an uh, an alternative commentary that myself and Robert Winfrey, whether he remembers it or not, are doing uh, for Chris Colbert versus Hector Luis Garcia. 
on Showtime, which is now a WBA Super Featherweight Eliminator. Um, Batman Week goes like this. Uh, we've got a re- re-airing of Batman Hush, a new review of Batman White Knight. Um, the other half of our Long Road to Ruin we did of the old Batman movies, this time focusing on the two Burton, Tim Burton ones. The Dark Knight trilogy, uh, the on trial for the animated Gotham by Gaslight, and the animated Dark Knight movies. Um, Haunted Night. Uh, the um, Long Road to Ruin we did for the first volume of the animated Batman the Animated Series, which I know is a big, big, uh, you're a big fan of. And then finally, we've got Gotham by Gaslight, the book, and a trivia show focusing on the legacy of Batman. So for all the Batman stuff coming up, uh, since the Batman comes out a week from tomorrow, we've got a crap ton of Batman content coming your way. We're going to be so week. sick of Batman by the time this is done. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of Batman. I, literally every Batman thing I've ever done goes up next week. Um, there'll, there'll be no more after that. So they're done. Make, so Warner Brothers, you hear me? Rock Rattledge, you're done making Batman stuff now. I've got no more content left. I'm um, looking forward to hosting the tri- Trip Trivia where, yes, the theme is everything Dark Knight. We're going to be talking the movies, the comic books, and the TV shows. Yeah, keep going. What else you got going on with yourself? Uh, your other plugs. I was gonna, I'm sorry, are we done with the with our plugs and you want me to do my personal plugs? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I hate to say I've been recording for you all week. I was like, wait, am I doing anything? <laughs> <laughs> Cuphead owes the devil his soul. I owe Mark Rattledge my soul. All right. And yes, Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic. Remember that, Mark. Got it. Fandoms, <laughs> fandoms and, and dirty cheeks. Got it. I don't get paid enough for this. All right. All. I don't get paid at all as I keep reminding you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd like to change that. So would I. <laughs> all right. So, yes. Makers of handmade jewelry upcycled from old game pieces. You can find us on Etsy and Handmade at Amazon. Our shops are fully stocked, ready to go. You can always follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we are getting ready to start the convention circuit again. Really excited about that. We're going to be heading to the Lexington Toy and, or Comic and Toy Show. Uh, it's a four-day event I've always wanted to work at. We've got Planet Comic Con coming up here in Kansas City. Home show, we never miss it. Uh, we're going to be heading to Springfield, Missouri for uh, Vision Con. I, I hate to say it, I'd actually forgotten we were doing that one until I got an email. I'm like, oh, yeah, I bought a table for that in 2020, and it got canceled, so I get a rollover. Holy Christ, are you still digging out of 2020 cons? Yeah. <laughs> I have two shows this year that are 2020 cons, Vision nice. Con and the Greater Austin Comic Con. Well, at least, we're, at, least we're, at least there's still digging to be had and not continued dirt on top of all of us. Pretty much. Mm. Yeah. The, no, the problem was that last year, since when the vaccine came out, like within the thir- first third of the year, we had a lot of conventions that were trying to get scheduled for 2021. So we had a ton of overlay, mm-hmm. and there were several shows that unfortunately were not able to get in just because with everyone now trying to get their events scheduled, it it was too hard. It, there was a lot. It's like it, there's too much going on this weekend, or the venues already mm-hmm. booked, or. Did it you see the email cool. about uh, Megacon that I sent you? 
I literally got that MegaCon email right as you sent that to me. Okay. He was like, I got it. I'm yeah. sorry, Mark. I'm not hand heading back to Orlando this okay. year. I just didn't know if you, I just wanted to see if you, I didn't know if you were on their mailing list or not. So oh, like, in case you didn't get it it's well make it yeah i'm on their mailing list and yes the mm -hmm. amount of voice actors going to that one looks amazing and if that I was why i sent it because normally i'm just i don't necessarily like hey, like let me see how many cons i can send alexis i'm like you run your own business you're fine i don't need to be involved but i saw that one and i'm like you might actually care about this because there's all these voice actors on there no i really wish but unfortunately unless i can excuse myself for another trip to disney world <laughs> awesome i am not going back to orlando for a while gotcha sorry the drive itself was torture <laughs> fair enough yeah is that no, so are I, you you just like to stay regional if you can help it and not do not transverse the united states usually my rule is eight hour drive max unless okay. it's for a special event um there are sometimes i'll if i'm going with another if i'm traveling with another artist we can and we split the gas on that that'll work mm -hmm. if i've got family on that part of the country so i'm not spending on hotel that'll work okay or like with uh, megacon i can do a vacation down there and then right. it's like oh while i'm down here let's also go to the con right, so, so eight hours in any direction unless there's special circumstances exactly understood all right yeah kind of hard to you know when you're doing these spreadsheets and you're actually factoring in how much everything costs, when you get to a certain point, it's kind of hard to explain why you're sure. spending so much. No, no, I get it. I, yeah, the, the expenditure outweighs the possible gain in sales. I got it. Makes sense. Exactly. All right. Anything else? Nope. That should do it. Like I said, looking forward to getting back on the road. Looking forward to the conventions. Be sure to check out our shops again on Etsy and Handmade at Amazon. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. Uh, for Alexis Hanna, I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.